Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Uncommon Conversations, where we work on creating comfort out of discomfort. Happy Wednesday, another day, another dollar. Hope your your morning has been well and that you've had some yummy breakfast. And if you haven't gotten some, then go get some. Like, right now. Like, actually pause the, the podcast and go get it. You think I'm kidding, right? Anyway, first and foremost, those of you who are new, welcome to the Uncommon Conversations podcast. I'm excited that you're here. Since you're new, I want to give you a little bit of context This podcast was created out of my own desire to dive deeper into topics and ideas that are typically avoided by people every day. If this isn't your first episode with us, welcome back. I'm excited to continue the conversations with you. Today is week two of the topic of sexuality. Since the month of June is known typically as Pride Month, I want to emphasize education and awareness regarding sexuality and allyship for the LGBTQIA plus community. Like I shared last week, sexuality has been a sensitive or complex topic to discuss because of the variating opinions present in our country, in our world, and even within cultures. But I hope this space is somewhere that we could at least begin talking about this topic, even if we don't agree. But before we begin, let's get my expectations for you out of the way. The reason I share these expectations at the beginning of every episode is because I'm a firm believer that if someone has expectations, we must communicate them. If we don't communicate our expectations, then we often run ourselves into disappointment simply because we just didn't communicate. I don't want that for us, so let me share what I expect of you. The first one is respect. Please be respectful of this space as many people may come with different goals or intentions. I want this space to be safe for others to grow, to reflect, and to feel. The next one is I assume positive intent. Assume that the words, the ideas, and opinions that I share are coming from a genuine heart to build conversation as well as comfort in having these conversations. The third one is lean into disagreements with vulnerability and curiosity. I can validate how it's easier said than done, but don't let fear get in the way of you opening up and becoming curious about a topic or from being vulnerable with yourself. The next one is give yourself space. A lot of these conversations are more present in our lives than you might realize. When listening to this podcast, put yourself in a place where you can think, where you can feel, and where you can process. The last one is Continue having these conversations with friends, family, and people that you trust so that you could foster and influence growth in their lives as well. The reason a lot of these topics are hard to have is because we don't have them. The more we work on having them, the easier it'll get to process a lot of the things that happen in our life. Vale, chicos, chicas, it's week two of Pride Month, and today's topic is going to be Sexuality 102, a.k.a. A conversation about sexuality. For those who listened to last week's episode, I'm going to be carrying out the college class quote unquote theme this month, lol. For those who haven't listened to last week's, I highly suggest that you go check that one out first before this one. This week's will make way more sense if you go listen to that one first. I talk about defining what sex, gender, and sexuality is all about, talk a little bit about the various types of sexualities currently present and known, as well as ways to be an ally, as well as different forms of discrimination that currently exist within sexuality. Well then, we're all set. Let's jump into this week, shall we? Today, I'm joined by one of my good friends who is very emotionally intelligent, socially aware, and comfortable with the topics in life that cause discomfort in other people's lives. I met him actually through my current roommate less than a year ago, and I have enjoyed getting to know him ever since. I've enjoyed doing life with him, going on adventures with him, and simply having conversations with him like the one we're about to have. I'm excited to see what his point of view is regarding sexuality and what he questions and what he can teach me as well regarding this topic, as I am constantly learning about it as well. 
Well, with that being said, Nathan, how are you doing today? Wow, thank you for that introduction, Andy. I am doing very well. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much, Nathan. I am excited to have you here on the Uncommon Conversations podcast for the first time. How are you feeling about that? I'm really excited. I've actually never done a podcast before, so this is my, you're taking my podcast virginity a little bit, but I'm excited. Yeah, it's going to be a great conversation. It will be, and it's not anything new. I want it to feel like just a regular conversation like we always have with the guests that I've had in the past. I've said the same thing. Even though there's things that I want to talk about, things I want to touch on, the purpose of it solely resides under education and awareness. So take a deep breath, relax, get the jitters out. It's going to be just a conversation between you and I about sexuality. So I do have some questions for you and I want to make sure that I give you some context in case you didn't listen to last week's episode. Um, And if you didn't, um, shame on you, you should go listen to it. Um, but, um, I want to start out by saying, what is your definition of sexuality? Ooh, okay. Um, sexuality to me is what you are sexually attracted to, what turns you on, what drives you sexually. And for me being gay, that's how I identify as a homosexual. I'm attracted to the same sex. That is my sexuality. That's awesome. You know, I talked about last week a little bit. Um, regarding, you know, different sexualities that exist and homosexuality was one of them where the definition that Oxford gave was someone that is sexually attracted to people of the same sex. Mm -hmm. Um, Kind of a follow-up question about that, if you don't mind asking, is when did you identify or when did you realize that you were gay? Um, Honestly, it was at a very early age, I knew at a very early age that I was attracted to the same sex. It was mm-hmm. weird. Like in elementary school, I knew that I had a crush on this guy and I had no idea how to process it because I was it was such a scary and foreign concept to me right. because I'd never been attracted to anybody before. Mm-hmm. So it was it was very early on. And I think that was very interesting for me. I guess a paradigm question about that or like something completely perpendicular is how did you know you were not attracted sexually to women um i mean at a very early age it's hard to tell like right. sexually what you're attracted to i just do you never... really know what sex is no not at all like not at all so i feel like with girls i just wanted to be their best friends and i wanted to like have them by my side and just be like <laughs> the bestie squad you know yeah, what I mean? yeah, yeah whereas for guys i was like scared of them like i just I kind of viewed them as the sort of like pedestal of, oh my gosh, like he's like, I I think I could be with this person. Right. So it's just, it's a very different, different sort of perspective. That's interesting that you say that. I think um, with my story that I've shared a couple of times, kind of not fully on the podcast, but I've shared a little bit about, you know, I was sexually attracted to women and in college, I later discovered, I would say it was a discovery yeah. um, with, out of lots of therapy because I kind of went through a depressive stage. And I think that is something we'll get to later in the conversation about different mental health things and that exist within the community. Mm-hmm. But I was depressed. And so I went to seek professional help. And then I later discovered that I identified as bisexual where mm-hmm. You know, I'm sexually attracted to both men and women. I think I could look back, just like you said, to like when I was younger. And I was like, oh, like, this is why these behaviors, this is why I behaved the way I did. Or this is why I acted the way I did. So I would look at photographs Mm -hmm. and certain mannerisms that I would do. I was like, oh, I see it now. I have pictures from elementary (laughs) school. I was playing dress up with the girls. I had had a boa around my neck. I had like the little heels on in class. Like it was, it was just, I look back at it. I'm like, how did, it's just so obvious. Yeah. And I, now I want to touch on this. I know we're going to bounce back because this is how we always talk, but do you think, how do I say this? Do you think wearing like us playing because i plus played dress up not to the extent of wearing a dress but i put on my mom's heels and i'd model walk and i was good at it mm-hmm. um still am yeah. but um <laughs> if a if a boy right we're thinking developmental stage for a child yeah wears 
heels or dresses up or wears a wig or vice versa. A female wears jeans or mm-hmm. combat. I don't know what could be a dress style, but typically yeah. we see it with heels and, and men. Mm-hmm. Does that define them as homosexual? Would So this is actually such an interesting topic because the things we wear, the things we do, that's all about gender expression, which doesn't right. necessarily influence sexuality. sexuality. Right. So it's interesting to look back on it now and like doing all those things in playing dress up where it didn't define my sexuality because I didn't know what that was at the time. I was right. just sort of doing it because I felt most comfortable and I didn't really care. Right. Looking back on it now, I'm like, oh, I guess that could be something that influenced my sexuality, but I didn't even know what sex was. Right, right. And that's so true. And right, like, (laughs) this is why I love it. You said it in such an eloquent way. What I would say is like, I don't think fashion really dictates who you're into or who you're taking to the bedroom. Like, it really isn't. It's just, I mean, how you want to express it. 100%. Look at our current fashion. Mm -hmm. And a lot of men are wearing crop tops. Yeah. And a lot of secured heterosexual cisgender men are getting into, are getting into yeah. crop tops painting and leather nails yeah painting short their nails shorts or the everything. leather pants which yeah. was not seen yeah um even some are wearing like what's that brand telfar bags mm-hmm. the man bags like yeah. we are going into a direction where fashion is i'm hoping right i'm hoping mm-hmm. i'm speaking positively is not dictating the way that someone expresses themselves or how other people would see them like yeah I've I've gotten comments where it's like, I don't know if that guy's, you know, part of my the ignorance in that comment, but it's just a statement. It's like I don't know if that guy is gay or not because like he's wearing like a crop top in a bag, but like I'm seeing him with chicks. Right. And at the end of the day, that's the opportunity to educate and say, well, right, that's not necessarily the ba- a determining factor. One hundred percent. So I definitely um, agree with you on that. You know, another question that I have is, have you? ever experienced anyone ever being uncomfortable about speaking on their sexuality or just sexuality as a whole with you um i feel like because i'm such an open person like especially now coming out i'm like three years after my coming out or no a lot longer than that um i just feel like people are so comfortable around me talking about sexuality because it's been a huge factor in my life so whether they're trying to work through something in their own sexuality, they feel like they can come to me because I'm just so open and honest about mine. When it mm. comes to mine, I feel like people tend to sometimes get afraid of asking about how my whole growing up was or how my whole sexuality story was because it is a sensitive subject to me. Right. And it's harder for them to ask those questions and educate themselves because it can be a difficult subject to talk about. So I would say it's easier for people to come to me about their problems, but coming to me about my own sexuality and learning about me, it's harder for them to do so because they don't, they might not necessarily know what to ask and how to ask it. That's interesting because I think recently yeah. I've had people come up to me and be like, so how's your dating life? Yeah. And I feel like some people that I've asked, it's because they know, Yeah. because I've, Mind you, I've not posted about it. I've not like made a public release, like yeah. press release <laughs> press about like release. I'm coming out. Ah. Send it to PR. So exactly. So I'm just like because in my mind it's like it's not some like even if I was straight, like I'm not announcing to the world who I'm taking to, to the out. bedroom. Yeah. So why would I have to say just because I'm also into yeah. men, right? Yeah. Or I'm also aroused by both. So to me, like it's interesting because I've never come out, but the people that I've known, it's because I've trust them or because they found out and they asked me directly and I said, yeah, because yeah. to me, it's like, I'm not going to come out. It's more of a like, if you ask me, I'll confirm it. I'll be like, yeah, exactly. because it, I'm not going to lie to you about it and be like, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> um, it was a journey because I remember people would ask me when I was, you know, so processing and learning oh, and yeah. discovering this for myself. It was such a hard topic where I remember even... With my therapist, it, when we started having the conversations, I couldn't even say the word bi. Like, I knew I was that, and I was mm-hmm. so hesitant to accept it for myself that I couldn't even say the word bi because I was like, I don't want to. I know if I verbalize it, it's real and it's yeah. true. So I'm just going to hold on to it. But I was like, I'm just holding back from the growth that I could be doing mm-hmm. because I am that. Yeah. Um, and yes, it's been a journey, but I agree with you in regards to that. Like, I think 
people still come to me and ask me for some advice regarding sexuality or like, what about this topic or what about that? Um, but there is a stigma in the world about sexuality. It's, it's almost like we've naturally made it something political, right? It's almost yeah. like, and I'm just going to speak it how it is, right? Disagree or not. Mm-hmm. It's almost like if you are liberal, it's like you're naturally born an ally for the LGBTQ community. Yeah. And if you're conservative, then you don't like the community. Mm-hmm. And that's a stigma that is absolutely incorrect. Like, oh, I know a lot of liberals 100%. that are not educated and aware of yeah. what it is to be an ally. And whether it's because they chose to stay ignorant or not, that's on them. But I also know a lot of conservatives that are very supportive in the LGBTQ yeah. community. So it's yeah. nothing political. Um, I think it just is upbringing. Yeah. It's really that. A lot to do so, why do you think we avoid speaking about sexuality? Oh, that's such a good question. Um, Thank you. Sort of tying back to it before, I would say sexuality is such a personal thing. You, It's your own story and your own journey, and only you truly understand and know it. Because sexuality is a spectrum. Sometimes I, you don't even understand You don't it. even know. Like it's, <laughs> I well, don't even know. I don't even know half the time what the fuck I'm doing. So it's, it's, it's really difficult to understand your own sexuality let alone trying to make others understand it so i think it's it's something that we sort of guard and keep in and hold close to our heart because it is a huge part of our heart wow i love that and i think see oh i caught myself i feel that we often ignore what our heart is saying to us because our upbringing, our experiences, our values have taught us to think a specific mm-hmm. way. Therefore, we negate ourselves from feeling yeah. in certain situations. Yeah. So like you just said, you know, like, I just sometimes don't even know what my heart is feeling. I need to trust it. And I said, mm-hmm. I think. No. We're so used to saying, so quick to say, I think, I think, I think I should do this. I think I shouldn't do this. I think I should say this. But reality with certain situations the reaction that you should be having is a feeling it should be driven by a motivation of of emotion what are you feeling that you should do about this what action should you take because of what you feel Mm -hmm. and what's ironic about that is that we're so quick to say follow your gut Mm -hmm. your gut is not your mind your gut is your emotions is your heart is your feelings what are you feeling and if you take a minute to think about this you will hear more women speak with the i feel statement mm-hmm. than men men will say that i think mm-hmm. because we're logical we're factual and i'm not saying that women aren't logical and factual but women are more emotionally driven than men are yeah and so it's really interesting that you say that because i just think that um the reason we avoid speaking about sexuality is because we're uncomfortable mm-hmm. And we're uncomfortable. That's an emotion. Yeah. Men typically, um, I would say there's a greater presence of discomfort regarding this topic in men than there is in females. Mm-hmm. Because women are at least open and saying, well, let me see what this talk is about. Let me see what I can learn. Mm-hmm. Even if I don't disagree, at least I tried it. And men are like, I don't want to talk about that. Um, whether it's because of stigmas that exist sociologically of... I'm not a man if I am talking to someone that's gay. I'm not a man if I open myself up in learning about something in a different culture, right? Gay culture. Um, There's just so much to unpack in in stigmas there. Talking about things that impact or influence, what social or political influences currently exist that have an effect on people's sexuality today? Ooh. I'll even throw in a bonus one in there. You could say social, political, or you could even say cultural, religious ones. I was actually going to touch on cultural, religious. So in my case, I grew up in a Christian conservative home and I was also adopted. So an added pressure, this is sort of like very deep rooted and I've, I've um, sort of come to terms with it as I've grown up. But um, growing up in a Christian home, I was taught a certain way. I was taught that being gay is wrong from this book a 2000 plus year old book that was saying that what I was feeling or thinking was wrong and that I was going to hell for it. And so that was a huge problem in my childhood. I, I tossed all my feelings aside. I pushed everything down. I suppressed myself. I wasn't 
truly coming to terms with who I was and who I like what I was feeling. So I would say religious aspects have a huge impact mm. on sexuality, especially in my case. I agree. I grew up in a yeah. Catholic, moderate, conservative yeah. household, very traditional, I'll say, yeah. household being Mexican yeah. and being first generation where my parents immigrated. I think there was a um, I use that word a lot, but there's a stigma about what it means to be a man. And mm-hmm. I remember don't cry. Yeah. Um, you know, you were doing labor outside and I was that one guy that I was like, my hands are going to get dirty. What yeah. is like, be a man. <laughs> yeah. or, and then I'd be like crying because my hands are yeah. dirty. And my, yeah. my, my dad's like, be a man. Yeah. And I mean, just culturally for me, it was hard to come to terms in therapy. I could think about that because Again, and there's so many other things that go into my life that I won't dive into because it's not on the topic, but there's just so many pressures yeah. in being a good son, mm-hmm. right? In being a good, not, I don't want to say investment, like an asset, a good asset right. for your family. Mm-hmm. And just like traditionally, like we see this in, in Asian cultures a lot where, you know, you do something to represent and bring honor to your family. Right. I think that whether it's spoken about or not, does exist and is expected in all cultures. Yeah. Maybe may, I'll give Asian culture some some credit here. Maybe some are more pressured than others, mm-hmm. but I think the expectation is still to to bring honor and represent your, your family. family well. Yeah. And so, you know, when I was processing about my sexuality, there was a sense of religiously as a cath as a someone that grew up Catholic, I'm a sinner. I'm going to hell. Yeah. As someone that's in Mex like a Mexican. I have failed my parents like this is not okay. And so with the added things that I've also experienced in my life and that are pressures that do exist in my life that I would say in quotes are what common people mm-hmm. go through. Yeah. I'm like, the the word that comes to my mind is I was a disappointment. Yeah. And it felt like absolute shit thinking that because of, do I have to, I had to choose, do I want to make my family proud of who I am and be miserable for the rest of my life hiding something that I know I am? Yeah. Or do I be confident, comfortable in growing and accepting who I am and bring dishonor and disappointment to my family? It was such a hard choice. It is. And honestly, like, going back to the whole adoption thing, that adds, like, a million percent more pressure because it's like, they didn't give birth to me. They're my family, 100%. Like, I was adopted at 23 hours old. Like, they are my family. However... Me being on the other side, it's like, wow, am I really the return on investment that they wanted? Wow, yeah. You know? Like, yeah. It's, it's so difficult. And growing up, I was like, wow, did I, like, waste the nine years that they were waiting for a child? Yeah. And just by being this person that I'm not? You yeah. know? So that was a huge amount of pressure on me. 100%. That's, that's crazy that you say that, the return of investment. Because it's like, you feel like a parent does so much to provide for you right like in my case first gen Mm -hmm. the amount of private school that my parents invested in yeah and when i couldn't get the gpa that they necessarily expected me to felt like a disappointment yeah when i would do certain activities and i maybe wasn't the all-star didn't get first place yeah i felt like the disappointment and i think culturally specifically going back to mexican culture there's a culture of legacy mm-hmm. and or an expectation, pardon me, an expectation yeah. of legacy and thinking about how do I communicate to my mother, <laughs> specifically my mother, yeah. my parents, that this is someone, something about me that is who I am or what I am. And I'm going to be disappointing them because they might have an expectation about kids and I do want kids, and I know right now we're very privileged about technology and biotech, right? Like, mm-hmm. could get a surrogate and yeah. so adoption and all this. But the fact that those kids maybe potentially wouldn't have my, my blood, and it wasn't uh, conceived between a man and a woman, my mom would be devastated. Right. And again, falling back through the cycle of pain, I was a disappointment. Yeah, And it's so hard to process that because it's like, do I have, is there more options on the table besides disappointing my family or picking, uh, disappointing my family and picking myself or meeting their expectations and being miserable for the rest of my life? Mm-hmm. And there is, there is more yeah. choices. There's more choices about accepting yourself and 
sometimes there's sacrifices in life. You know, there's many, many people in this community that have sacrificed people who did give them their life because mm-hmm. they didn't accept them, love them, or support them for who they are. And that sucks, man. Yeah. That really does suck. Um, but I hope that those people would also be in a position where they're, you know what, I'm, I'm happy I picked me at the end of the day. And if it doesn't feel like that right now, it will. Mm-hmm. Because it's such a important thing to put yourself first and ultimately that's how you're going to begin reaping the the joys of the seeds that you've planted that are solely prioritizing you as a person mm-hmm. you know another question that i have moving forward regarding this is you know what forms of discrimination have you seen people who identify with a different sexuality than heterosexual have experienced hmm. well marriage Obviously, because marriage wasn't legalized until, what what was it, 2008? I'm going to be honest, I do not even know. Yeah, yeah, no. So it's, marriage is definitely a huge one because marriage traditionally, according to the laws, between a man and a woman. And people that wanted to get married that were homosexual or bisexual, um, that were getting married to the same sex, they weren't being allowed to get married in churches Bakeries weren't allowing them to have cakes. Oh my gosh, I remember that. When a bakery literally turned down a gay couple couple. because they were gay. Yeah. And churches with and multiple venues wouldn't allow people to get married simply because they weren't the traditional man and a woman. Which to me is crazy, right? Because as a business major, I'm like, I don't care if you're You're paying gay. Yep. Come on. At the end of the day, someone's (laughs) getting a cake. And it's a lot of money. So Yeah. Yeah. I I don't understand that. And Again, that could be somewhere that I'm just ignorant in. Um, let let me play devil's advocate. Maybe I could try to validate them and saying like, you know, if it's their small business and it's was brought up in a traditional family, like mm-hmm. let's think about it again. I can only speak on Mexicans because I'm not any other ethnicity, so I don't want to speak on someone else's <laughs> ethnicity. But like, um, if I had a Mexican family. And we started, I do have a Mexican family. I do. do. Good job, Andy. Um, If I had a a business that was started by my Mexican family years ago, and I was like the third or fourth generation that was carrying it out, and there were certain values that were instilled, I would, I got to validate. I got to validate that maybe I would be like, damn, I wouldn't want to sell this cake to someone that my great grandfather wouldn't have sold it or great grandmother wouldn't. And again, that ties back into disappointment. Right. Yeah. Oh my gosh, you're so true. Now I'm playing devil's advocate on myself because mm-hmm. you don't want to sell that cake, not because you may or may not agree with them. It's not about your choice of agreement. It's because of the disappointment that you would be having on the legacy. Oh my God. Full circle. Damn, that sucks. Mm-hmm. That's literally such a poor cycle to be in. It is. Because you're solely making decisions not, not for yourself. Yeah, yeah, not for yourself. No. Because, oh my God. That choice is literally, I'm I'm bamboozled right now. Yeah. I don't know if that's an appropriate word. It is. No. Is it? Does it? Yeah. Okay. No it applies. Way. We'll make it apply. No oh my gosh. But yeah, I remember, I think the discrimination that I've seen right now, um, heavily, and I have to bring light into it. I talked about it last week, um, is the don't say gay bill. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It, Let's get into it. That is absolutely... It's ridiculous. To it's me. embarrassing, it's, I think. No, it's fr- it does not make any sense. I'm confused constantly on the incons- in on the inconsistencies of our country's government because mm-hmm. we brag so much about being part of my language hot shit to every other country. We say we're the United States of America. We're the United States of America. Untouchable. And then we treat our people like this like mm-hmm. I'm and I said this again last week and I'll say it again to get your point of view. So I could teach a, a, a fourth grader how to have sex like mm-hmm. you know exactly like put a video on Graphics, penis vagina yeah. like because oh as long as they're heterosexual like it's okay it's fine. yeah it's you guys could reproduce. reproduce i'm gonna i'm gonna show you what a condom looks like yeah go go have sex later because yeah. you know 100%. what that kid is gonna do he's gonna try that thing out 100%. and see if it works <laughs> but oh the moment it's two guys or two oh, girls no no no, no. No, I don't want to disappoint my child's development. Which leads to a lot of problems in the LGBTQ community because there's no 
sexual education in that aspect. There's no awareness of HIV or any other of the STDs that can go around sexually besides just, you know, man to woman. It's just not emphasized, especially not HIV. Which I'm definitely going to talk about that now that you touched on it. Like, STDs still exist between a man and a woman. Surprise. Yeah, they're common. 100%. 100%. And I think with that being said, if we didn't, if we don't want to have people or, or kids in elementary say the word gay or talk about homosexuality or the LGBTQ plus community... Then let's not talk about sex at all. Any of it. Even heterosexual one. Because what you should be teaching fourth graders is one, how to wipe their ass, first of all. Second of all, how to seek therapy. Because it seems like our lifestyles and the young adults that are going into college right now, there's a lot of people that are committing suicides. Mental health. That is something that we need to be addressing. Not whether or not some kid in Florida could say gay. Yeah. It's like Again, there's such bigger issues. I was about to say yeah. there is bigger issues in our country. Yeah. Then can I talk about gas? Oh, like, please, arm and a leg over I'm here. I'm about to be going on a fucking donkey anywhere because I don't want to pay six dollars and fifty eight cents for a gallon of gas. Could not be me. Like, hell no. Mm-mm. I can't. But it's true. I want to talk about that gay act because, or that bill that's going against saying gay because. The fact, the other factor that if you are caught by a academic educator that you identify within the community, you will be outed to mm-hmm. your parents. Yeah. Like, oh God, I hate that I'm going to say this out loud, but God forbid, honestly, really do, because I'm still, I'm still a catholic christian i still have a relationship with the lord i love Mm -hmm. the lord i do believe that he's made me and created me in his image i know i'm gonna see him in heaven because at the end of the day i have loved him i've maintained a good relationship with him i love other people for who they are and for how god has made them to be i am not the one to judge because my job is not to judge that is his job to do and yeah, I've never murdered. I've, I've never... That's good. Yeah, thank God. Yeah, right? I'm proud of you. It hasn't been on my to-do list recently. <laughs> Not yet. Although I almost did hit someone last time driving. Yeah, but besides the point, I yeah. didn't. And she was only five points, so I wanted ten points. Yeah. But um, I just think that the the complications of mental health that are going to arise because of that decision, um, solely because it has little to no effect on the people that are making that decision. Mm-hmm. But wait till a senator, God forbid, a senator's son comes out gay or a senator's daughter comes out lesbian or in any of the spectrum of the mm-hmm. LGBTQIA plus community. God forbid that they're like, damn, I can't talk about this conversation with my kid yeah. because I banned it. Mm-hmm. Oh, but it's probably going to be okay for them to talk about it because they're senators. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Sounds about not correct. Sounds about white. Not, yeah, I was about to say that actually. <laughs> Dead ass. I was about to say something. Dead about ass. White. <laughs> so it's just really sad that there's certain levels of discrimination that still exist yeah. in the world for people. Mm-hmm. Um, we still see a lot of segregation oh, yeah. um, regarding being black, which is not okay. See, we've seen a lot of hate crimes towards Asians mm-hmm. um, in the last two years. Uh, we see a lot, a lot of opinions and laws that are targeting um people who identify as homosexual or in the lgbtq community you know for those who don't identify within the community what does it mean for someone to be an ally for you (laughs) and i know what you're thinking immediately i know what you're thinking you're thinking of that tiktok that that goes i'm part of the The lgbtq LGBTQ community. community And this, this is my, my friend. Best friend Valentina. Yes, this she's is my ally. best friend Valentina, and she's an ally. <laughs> Say something, Valentina. Ally. <laughs> that is such. I think I fucked it up, but you get one. Uh, no, I mean. no, no. I messed it up for sure. <laughs> uh, I love that. But what does it mean for someone to be an ally for you? Um. Well, I mean, I feel like an ally to me is anyone that supports me and who I am a hundred percent, without conditions. Mm. So that could be anybody, like any of my close friends, I guess I would say are allies because they love me for exactly who I am. They challenge me. They 
don't question my sexuality. They don't, they might not understand it fully, but they're not going to condemn me for it. Mm. They try to understand. They try to learn and grow for me because they want to understand who I am at the very core of my being. I love that. I, for me, I said, it's someone that will support and love me for what I am and who I am. Yeah. Whether you agree or not. Yeah. Because the hard truth is, the very, very blunt hard truth is, if you want to be invited in my life and you want to do life with me, then you will support and love me for who I am Mm -hmm. and what I am. Yeah. If not, that is okay. If that is the choice you decide to make, you have the freedom to make that choice. I also have the freedom and the right to make the choice to push you further away from yeah. my life because Set I don't that boundary. Exactly, yeah. 100%. I think about it as like I have three rings uh of of like friends acquaintances, right? Yeah. Tears. Yeah. Yeah, we have the the diamond in the middle, diamond. which is like the people who are really close to me that know about my sexuality, know literally everything about me right and there's no there's no like walls because i could go up to you and say like i just did this or i went on this adventure like whatever it was like um about anything because i know that it's a judge judgment free zone Mm -hmm. judge free zone then there's a second tier where it's like i'm more like i'm still open with you still very personal uh personable but still there's some hesitation yeah some guard yeah and then there's the third ones where I'm constantly doing life with you because I have to. Like maybe it's a coworker or maybe it's like a friend of a friend, um, and friend, I yeah friends of association. Right. Yeah. So I have I see you often, mm-hmm. but you haven't earned my trust. I don't owe you anything. Right. So I'm very cordial and respectful because right. I owe you that. I do yeah. believe I owe you respect, but um, That's pretty much it. That that fucking fortress is yeah. up and and <laughs> guarded. Yeah. There's very heavily. Here. Very heavily. Yeah. So, you know, I really want someone that supports me. So I love that. But um, I also wanted to ask you uh, one last question or two last questions and then we're almost done. Is how would you recommend someone? Um, how would you recommend that to someone that would like to take steps in becoming an ally? How to start? Um, well, I think it's definitely rooted around sexuality. So if they don't have a full understanding or knowledge of what it means to be in my case gay that would be something that i would ask them to work on like understand that this is how we operate culturally this is how we um sometimes have grown up like just a bunch of different aspects to gather sort of what it means to be gay without actually being it so like education education just, just learning just flat out education how would you want like are you comfortable with people asking you questions? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was reading because last week I had the topic of, I, I touched on the topic of allyship. Mm-hmm. And apparently, I don't know if you know this, there's sources that say, don't ask questions to gay people. I was like, how the fuck are you supposed to learn? I, see, I can understand why, like going back to before, like sexuality is such a, a deep rooted sensitive. sensitive topic so i can get why they say that but it really just depends on the person and how comfortable they are with their own sexuality because if you one, have someone one yeah and two i also think it's maybe the approach if i yeah. come up and be like so why are you gay like, be- so i actually chose when i came out of my mom's <laughs> vajayjay yeah, yeah. and that's why she gave me up for adoption <laughs> but i feel like if i also went like well like you know, I'm I'm really like if I gave you a little bit of context and said why I'm asking you, like, yeah. hey, like, I feel like the area or topic of sexuality is still something I'm, you know, finding yeah. discomfort in. But I want to learn. I yeah. want to grow. I, I'm not gonna promise that yeah. I'll figure it out today. But can you I just help? yeah, can I ask yeah. you some questions to yeah. learn some things? I feel like it's, I'm more open yeah. and drawn to do that when than if someone's like. So, like, you like men? I'd be like, I'm leaving. I'm leaving. I'm Bye. Sorry. Yeah, it's all about the approach. It's all about how they ask it. And you can really tell if someone genuinely cares about something. 100%. By the way they ask it. So, I definitely think that how the delivery is, is important. 100%. And, and that's the thing, you know, as someone that is also learning, right? I am learning in the community, um, about the community. I, you know, I didn't know what cisgender was literally last yeah. week. 
And I was like, oh, I'm a man that identifies as a man. So I'm a cisgender. I'm like, so I'm a cisgender bi guy. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm a cisgender bi Mexican Christian, moderately conservative. Yeah, he, him, his. He, him, his, thou, them, art. Thou art in heaven. (laughs) Shall it be be thy name. name. (laughs) Oh God. But no, there's so many. And I think that comprises what I am, right? Yeah. If you grabbed an outline of me and you put sticky notes of, different things that you could identify me as those that would shape what I am, but who I am. If you change the color in the sticky notes, like if they were green for what, and that's Mm -hmm. like my sexuality, my religion, my, (laughs) my marital status, single, single um, those will all be what I am as a person. But if you change the sticky notes to maybe orange, those would be who I am. So, and I hope that, and those I feel like are earned, right? Oh yeah. Like, those are, like, hardworking, honest, communicative, Mm -hmm. driven. Those are values and competencies that shape you to be who Who you are. are And that's the difference. And so, again, like, going back to what I was saying, that as someone that is also learning a lot about this community and everything that goes about it, um, or for someone that may be listening and working on being comfortable in learning about the community, you know, don't place expectations for when you will learn everything about this because ultimately i'm still learning about all this like i well also what i was gonna say is like will you ever stop learning about this no no i don't think so i don't think there's put a due date or an end date to the knowledge that you're gonna learn and that's that goes for all knowledge everything not just sexuality sexuality. um 100 i think that you have to have grace in this process and patience in this process. And that's for both sides. For people who yeah. are in the community need to have grace and patience for those learning who are outside of the community and vice versa. Mm-hmm. There should be grace and patience for those outside of the community, for those in the community. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, this is like something for those who are not in the community. Learning to become an ally is super difficult because there's yeah. so much terminology. I feel like it could be an undergraduate degree. Oh, yeah. And there are so many things to learn and, and, and talk about. There's no way that you could have the expectation, no way Mm-mm. that you could learn it by tomorrow. No. And so that's why I say ask questions. Mm-hmm. For those who are in the community, it's important to remember that people won't learn and be able to change their behaviors you know, by tomorrow as well. So be patient and have grace with those who are learning because right. think about it this way. If you were learning a new subject at school and your professor was yelling at you or pressuring you to learn something, you know, by tomorrow, yeah. you'd want to give up. You'd be like, I can't do this. There's no po- There's no way that you expect me to learn all of this tomorrow. Too much pressure. Right. Too much pressure. So it could be very much of a turnoff or just annoying or I don't know what else to say. Like Overwhelming. Overwhelming. There we go. Good job. It could be very overwhelming for someone that isn't in the community and wants to become an ally, mm-hmm. but is nervous to learn or... They might, they might not even know where to start. Exactly. And then you're throwing all these things and yet being you're pressuring them and not being graceful with them. They're going to be like, fuck this. Yeah, I'm, I'm out. out. <laughs> you know what? I'll disagree with you all I want. You yeah, know? Exactly. It's not, it's not supportive to them either. Mm-mm. So I think it's important that if we want you know, speaking that we're two in the community, but if we, if people in the community want support from those who are outside of the community, we need to be allies for them as well Mm -hmm. in giving them patience, giving them time, giving them grace and giving them the ability and access to resources so that they can ask questions and learn about that, about us, about this. Because again, I'll say what you said. We don't even know what the fuck is in... Like, we're still learning, right? It's a lot. It's really, really a lot. So, one last question and then we'll wrap up. Okie dokie. If someone were to be listening to this podcast right now and they're battling with their sexuality, what piece of advice would you give them? Don't do it alone. As cliche as that sounds, you're not going through... alone you have people and it's hard because it's sexuality it's to the core it's deep-rooted you might not have told anybody about it but it whether it's professional help or a therapist or some outside source or not a third party 
you have people to go to. And because I know for me, suppressing so much for so long growing up in that community where I was told I'm going to hell, I was told I was worthless. I I was told that I was a sinner. I didn't want to talk about it with anybody. And Mm. I feel like when I started to, it became so much easier. And the only reason I started to was because I tried to take my life because Mm. I genuinely felt like you didn't belong. I didn't belong anywhere. Nobody saw me as valuable and I didn't want to be a part of it anymore. So yeah, don't go through it alone. You are not alone and you have people in whatever aspect that might be. You do have someone that wants to at least listen to what you're thinking. You bring up such a great piece of advice and I, and I appreciate you being vulnerable and sharing that. Um, <clears throat> I'm not saying that sexuality is a condition because mm-hmm. it's not, Mm-mm. but I've heard, excuse me. There's so many conversations or comments when someone is diagnosed with cancer, mm-hmm. they say, if you try to do it alone, you will not yeah. win. You will not beat the cancer. Yeah. Those who win it have done it with a great support system because it's very mental. It's very psychological. Mm-hmm. Again, reaffirming and reiterating, sexuality not is not a, a disease, condition, not a not disease. Not a mental illness. But the, it is something new about your life. It is. And like I said, I'll, I'll say it because I've, been, I've known this about me and accepting of this since 2019. So it's been almost three years. This, this September would be three years. Going through it alone for the first half of it was probably the most depressing, yeah. lonely yeah. season of my life. Because all of the thoughts were only in my head. I was overthinking my mannerisms, overthinking how deep I spoke, overthinking what I, what type of fashion I wanted to wear. Like yeah. everything, 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 everything was overthought. And I had no one to talk to mm-hmm. not because I had no one but yeah. because I chose, chose not to let anybody else in yes. to that aspect of your life because it takes a lot of vulnerability it does it really and it's does. not easy like no. it's I'm not saying by any means it's easy to just talk to someone about your sexuality if you're struggling with it it's not but it's better to let another voice in and let some of the pressure off because my mom told me after I came out to her she said I noticed something changed when you were little and I didn't know what that was. It almost felt like you were holding your breath. Oh my gosh. For years. And she didn't know what it was. She didn't want to frankly ask me because she knew I wouldn't tell her. So it's, you're not alone and you have people and people might be questioning it and you just have to have the courage to maybe say something about it. I want to encourage, you know, my piece of advice for this would be, and maybe you could agree, maybe you could disagree. Okay. But if you feel like you don't have someone in your in those three tiers mm-hmm. that you could trust and that they could provide a space for you to really be vulnerable and sharing, you know, I'm thinking, I think I might be X. We're not even going to put a label X, on y, it. X, Y, Z. You could go to different support groups, peer groups that you don't know anyone. Yeah. But at the end of the day, this is what I always say. You're never going to see them. If if you choose to never go back, you will never see them again. Right? That's, it's the, I forgot what the theory is called or the behavior, but it's when you're in a, like the loneliest or darkest time of your life and you're walking around somewhere and you choose to open up to a random stranger. Like, why are we so more comfortable to open up to a random stranger than someone that's a friend? Because the friend's going to stay there in your life for a little bit longer yeah. and ask you about it and hold you accountable. Yeah. But the people that you don't know, you're never going to see them Not again. Non-biased third party. But if you find that peer group that specifically talks about sexuality or that is an LGBTQ-friendly group, opening up as you know with a bunch of strangers and saying, I'm just so confused and I'm learning about this I want to have more questions but I think I might be this they that might guide you. that might be the best way yeah. to learn and discover this season with a bunch of people that will quickly become 
a strong support system for the season. It might not be that they're in your life for that much longer or for that long. Maybe yeah. they are, but at least they were in a critical time where, again, I will speak out of my own experience and Nathan, feel free to jump in. Yeah. The season of coming out for yourself, the discovery of yourself mm-hmm. is the hardest season of coming out because that is when you feel weak that is when you will psych yourself out and tell yourself that you don't belong and depression kicks in and i too try to take my life multiple times and yeah i was like it's not worth it like i'm very glad that i got to the point where my mind was stronger to say i i am worth something i'm just very confused i need to stop i can't emotionally react right now but it didn't mean that i didn't feel that way yeah and it's not worth it at the end of the day. So, Nathan, thank you so much for joining me this week. It's um, been a pleasure, my friend. It's been a pleasure having you here and a great conversation <laughs> as always. Um, now all that's left for you to do, for you that is listening, is to go to Instagram and follow underscore Uncommon Conversations to get the latest news on new episodes as well as other great things that are posted there. Share the account with your friends and on your story. I want to invite anyone and everyone into this space so that they can begin working on creating comfort out of their own discomfort. Next episode will be available Wednesday, June 15th at 9 a.m. Pacific time. And I'm excited to see what we will bring. I believe that the next thing I would like to do is bring in someone that does not identify in the community and have a conversation just like the one today. That will be the goal for for the following week. And then after that, to end Pride Month and the topic of sexuality, I hope to be able to bring a panel together from various backgrounds to have a conversation as well. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, or would just like to say hello, DM me on Instagram. Again, that's underscore Uncommon Conversations. And I'd be happy to connect there. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a great rest of your day and a great week. Stay safe, love others, and I hope you join me next week for another episode of Uncommon Conversations where we work together to create comfort out of discomfort. Take care, everyone.